of my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A Southern storm of bold, liberating rock shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me always is Jason. What's going on today? Hey, Brian. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. I mean, usually, like, talking about the weather is small talk, but just since it's November, it's, it's, uh, we're very, very fortunate to be, you know, in the 60s and 70s yesterday and today, so gonna enjoy do, do, while do you some, can. Do some grilling before we have to shut that down for the winter. Um, yep. Um, so, uh, music-wise, what we got going on? What's happening? What's happening with uh, anything? Shows? Um, well, yeah, so to, we're recording this on December or December, huh, November 2nd. On November 3rd, I am going to see uh, Scotty Bratcher and Aaron Coburn both play a blues show review in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I'm supposed to get some time with them to interview for a couple minutes so we can post it on here. And I'm really excited to see Scotty play live again, who I've seen a couple times play both solo and with the Desert City Ramblers, and then Aaron, who I've never seen play, but after we had her on the podcast, and you know, even her just playing live at the end with the guitar, I am super stoked to see her full band and her full set. You mentioned Aaron, so that makes me think of, uh, you know, sometimes we we don't, you know, preview who we got coming up, but sometimes we do, and uh, we're gonna do a, a guitar special for Christmas, and. Uh, uh, Leilani Kilgore is already confirmed, and uh, we're trying to get uh, Aaron and Jax Hollow as well. And also, I've got a message out to Jax. Yep, waiting to hear back. I have to thank Jax, and I posted this uh, earlier. Um, she gave us a shout out when she was on Hook Rocks. Uh, a very nice compliment to to Jay and to us about being, you know, part of this, you know, uh, rock music being back into you know underground outlaw territory, and and how we're really you know, helping to, you know, uh, promote that amongst, you know, the mm-hmm. like-minded people. And uh, it just made me feel like a real badass. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's nice. I think people appreciate Humorous. where there's some, where you get the support, um, you know, because there's not often a lot of support out there and we're one of the genres that are doing that. And, and, you know, thankfully Jay too, has a really big following at the hook rocks, which he should, it's a great podcast. He, he promotes, he likes to do the thing with promoting newer artists and he had heard her on our podcast and liked her. And that's how I found out about her. So that's, he got mm-hmm. her on and got her some more exposure too, but you know, she's great. Leilani's great. Aaron's great. Um, there's a lot of good young artists that we talk to that we really keep our fingers crossed that they make it big because they're super talented and they're they're good people you know we're cheering for them you know and uh, uh um 
I'm she was talking about her new record on there and I'm really looking forward to it she says it's going more into like a, a bluesy blues rock kind of direction her first one is well, great as well but it was more yep. heavy almost heavy rock so it was more heavy well you know she she her producer was Michael Wagner who produced so many of those great 70s and 80s rock records that had that influence and she can shred I mean she is a phenomenal guitar player but you know as you write more songs and do more performing you start coming into really what is your own thing that you want to do and i am super interested to, to hear what she's got for us you know and i also came across and you hear me say this you know in the in our episode coming up uh came across a guy by the name of kyle daniel uh also from bowling green kentucky and well geez i just said that before the segue <laughs> um but uh, from Bowling Green, Kentucky, that's really, really good. And I sent him a message and he's interested in coming on and uh, just got a lot of good stuff coming up. Yep. Yeah. So today, the show, Brian, like you wanted to get together because we had, like we have in the past, a pretty significant loss in the rock, rock world, something that's particularly influenced blues, Southern rock, rock music. <laughs> Well, as my dog provides nat sound in the background, um, yeah. Uh, well, perfect, because the guy that just died often had his dogs howling along with him. Yeah, his music. so we got a tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis coming up here. Uh, when I heard he passed, like I've been saying this, like I'm like, for some reason I thought that we had, he had already passed away, and that was not the case. But uh, him being such a pillar of the beginning of rock and roll and coming from the south and and uh you know his style boogie woogie and somewhat related to the blues piano players and and that all being an influence on southern rock i'm like well you know we have to you know we've got to do a tribute we have to so yep. we reached out to some people and uh who i thought would be really good and were very very you know excited and uh uh very fortunate that we were able to have on again uh our buddy boone froggett and you'll hear some news that he's got coming up and also sean sullivan from mojo thunder you know one of my favorite bands the two kentucky guys and uh this was just a joy to hear about their uh knowledge and their their like of jerry lee lewis absolutely brian it's always good to talk with with boone you know, he's practically a member of this podcast. He knows everything about everyone and getting Sean on for the first time. You'll hear us joke around a little bit because we had Bryson on and other members of Mojo Thunder. But this was confirmed Sean's first appearance. For sure. And uh, he was great. Just as great as, you know, Boone, just as great as, as Bryson. Those guys have a great personality and sense of humor. I mean, given if you're keeping up with them and watching all these covers that they do, so... And I know That's you guys want to hear this, so we're going to shut up and uh, you guys listen to our conversation uh, with Boone Froggett and uh, Sean Sullivan and our Jerry Lee Lewis tribute. Come on over, baby. Hold on, shake it going on. Yes, I said, come on over, baby. We're 
here at the guest segment of the special uh, Jerry Lee Lewis tribute episode, and uh, we got some uh, guys with us, a returning guest, and we're not sure if our other guest has been on before or not, so that doesn't you know say much for our memory. But anyway, <laughs> throw this over to Jason to, to introduce the guests. It's it's always good when we introduce somebody. Like they might have been on here before. <laughs> I'm not. Sh- I'm not <laughs> sure. We know your bandmates have been on, so we do have Sean Sullivan from Mojo Thunder. How's it going, Sean? Going well, man. Thanks for having me. Nice, nice to have you. We get sick of looking at Bryson, so it's nice to have a different member of the band back <laughs> on here. <laughs> That's true. You have to look at him more than we do. And <laughs> returning five-time champion or whatever it is at this point, like practically a member of the podcast, Boone Froggett, man. How's it going, Boone? Good, man. Great to see y'all again and uh, glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, we're glad to have you. You know, we just did our holiday, our Halloween special, which you were the inaugural member of with Daisy Dead from the Dead Deads. We had Ace Von Johnson on. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. I'll have to go back and uh, check that one out. I think you'll like some of the picks that you may hear coming out of that one. Oh, yeah. And you're wearing a Team Kong shirt. So you're 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 still celebrating. Yeah, ha- Halloween's never over, you know? Never it's over. I'm wearing there. my Black Sabbath shirt, so I'm still <laughs> celebrating at the same time. Is that a fat there you tire go. hat? Yeah, Sean? yeah, it is, actually. Well, it's just, yeah, the new Belgium, man. Yeah. They got some yeah. they got some good beers. They do. We went to uh to an Asheville or to a brewery in Asheville, and uh I was like, dang, like that could I could live there probably. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brian, why do we have these gentlemen on today? We're doing something special, right? Well, we're doing the Jerry Lee, 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 Jerry Lee Lewis tribute, who we all know uh, just recently passed, um, which for some reason I had thought that we'd already lost him, but we had not. And uh, just uh, sent out some messages to who I thought, you know, might know a lot about him or talk about him. I, I My knowledge of him is really, you know, maybe in its infancy so we needed to find some guys who might know a little bit more about them. So uh, that's why we're talking to Sean and Boone. And, you know, this uh, episode, I think we'll, uh, we're going to find out what the guys are up to right now and then get that part of it out of the way. And then we'll go full into the tribute. So um, I don't know uh, who wants to start and tell us what you got going on lately. Uh, well, let's go with Sean because Sean yeah, is somebody Sean who may or may not have been on the podcast. So we'll pretend like he's new. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can we I have not been on the podcast, but I am I am glad to be here. But uh, uh you know, we're we're doing a bunch of writing right now. We have uh like four uh, five shows, something like that, that we have for the rest of the year, um, which we're pretty pumped about. We got some cool stuff planned for all of them. And then um, you know, just kind of gearing up for next year and maybe going into the studio for some album work and other things we got a couple projects up our sleeves so you know we're just rolling with it right now um so you guys go to europe in february is that yeah we'll go at the end of february and come back like april like mid-april right on right on um so I, I posted today and I, I posted your guys' thriller video, your cover of Thriller. And I'm just like, and you know, I don't, Bryson mentioned, I don't know if he mentions this, but like I gush over you guys a lot, man, because I just think you're just a tremendous band. And, you know, I just said, you know, is there ever, is there any cover that you can't, you guys can't do and make your own? I mean, I'm just like, wow, these guys got funky too, you know, and, and uh, 
and something that's really cool to me is you guys have just like this incredible incredible sense of humor so you know like what, what goes into making those videos and how, how many how many takes of those dance moves do you guys do uh i mean well so this one was a little bit different you know to answer your first question like there are tons of songs that we cannot cover because we try them and we just we immediately are just like no this this isn't working you know but Thriller, we really wanted to do because of Halloween. And we were like, oh, that's a cool little kind of gimmick. You know, it's like a little holiday fun. And, dude, I, we didn't try. I mean, we just didn't take it too seriously. We were like, look, I'm not Michael Jackson. You know, I'm not going to be out here killing it. Like, you know, I mean, you know, the guys aren't dancers. Like, none of, you know, so it's like. It's, that's what makes it good. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's just, we don't, we didn't want it to be like a, I don't know. We just didn't take it seriously you know like it was a joke like not i mean you know we wanted it to be it good and good, sound yeah. good but you know we the video part is just kind of like uh, how can we we got to make this enjoyable you know seven minutes is a long time to listen to a skinny song you know <laughs> have you guys have all of you watched the indian thriller so like india indian indian guy from like an early 90s did his version of Thriller. It's like a major thing. Have you guys seen it on YouTube? No. No? No. Ooh, you have to have seen this. I, I know you're in the pop culture. Come on. I, I got to check it out, man. It, it uh, sounds pretty fascinating. Go to YouTube, type in Indian Thriller. <laughs> the guy has the, the red jacket and the pants on. He's doing <laughs> dance moves, but he's singing his own song. And it is, uh, it's something. Now, where I'm going in on that, Sean, is like your version is um, better. Like it's actual, I think musically it pays much better homage to Michael Jackson. Well, thanks, man. It was it was tough. I mean, we went through a lot of different like arrangements of how we wanted to do it because there's so much, you know, when you throw in drum machines and synthesizers and all that jazz, it's, it's like, dude, we got two guitars, a bass and you know, I mean, we're a bare bones here, right. so it's picking the right things and trying to, I don't know, put your own twist on it. So, it, it, but but I, it's a it's a cool little thing, man. I, I was really nervous about it, to be honest. I was like, I don't know if this is gonna pan out, but but it's cool. So yeah, you guys are on a really good run of some covers and Boone, Certainly check them out. I know Brian posted them to our YouTube link, but um, our not YouTube link, but I'm thinking Facebook page. They're really doing some cool stuff. So, I, I definitely, definitely keep up with them. I've, I've always been a fan of those guys. Great. Well, band. That's, you guys are all Kentucky. I mean, it's all one oh, big yeah. rock and roll family. Oh yeah. So, you know, lately uh, you guys have been posting, uh, you know, for, you know, Zach's birthday and for Andrew's birthday, like the history, how they got into the band. And I never heard, mm -hmm. unless I missed it, like, can you like give us a quick rundown about, how you joined Mojo Thunder. Yeah, so they were looking for a singer, you know, and um, I was going to school at, at Eastern Kentucky, which is like right down the road from Lexington. And there was a guy that I met there who is named Zach Day, which if you haven't heard of him, you should go check him out. He, I don't know if he's really like maybe anybody's style, but like he is a fantastic singer and songwriter. Um, but uh, he, we were friends and we started writing together and he would sing background vocals for my kind of blues, uh, 
project thing I had going in college and he shared a video of mine and Zach Day happened to be like high school, like he was in the same high school class or something with Zach Shootman, our drummer. And so then when they were cycling through, Zach was Zach Shootman was showing Zach Day to the guys and being like, what about this guy? And I think Zach Day is just probably too good of a singer <laughs> to, <laughs> to be in Mojo Thunder. But uh, uh, but Zach had shared a video of mine uh, of me playing guitar and singing the song I was writing. And uh, they, they hit me up on Facebook and um, I was like playing that night in Louisville with my band. So they came up and they checked. I was expecting just one person to show up and the whole group shows up. And so it was immediately like, Oh shit, is this like an audit? Like it, you know, I was like, what's, <laughs> what's happening here? So, and then we met like after that and jammed and, and, you know, we kind of kept it secret for a little bit and just jammed out pretty much wrote the EP that we released. Um, for like our first show, you know, we were like, we need to write some new songs and and really give a new sound. So, I mean, it's pretty much how it was. Social media connection, you know, but uh, but it's been great ever since they found me. I'm glad they found me, you know, because it's it's at that point I was really looking for like minded individuals because I was sick of doing everything myself. You know, <laughs> like being a solo <laughs> thing is so hard. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Where I need some some group participation is what I wanted. So and I got it now. So it's it's pretty great. Cool. Very cool. So before we uh before we go over to Boone here, I, I have to ask your your uh <laughs> your take on the events of uh Bryson, you know, told us you know a story about you know how you guys show up at a party <laughs> at the Bedford party house. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, so I, I listened to that uh, episode. Bryson explained. I mean, it's pretty spot on. I was already there, you oh, know. You so there. yeah, me. I guess it was me and Zach. We rode separate. So me and Zach gone and met. Like we were already in there chilling, like having having a good time, you know. And all of a sudden, there's just a big like thunderous racket coming from the other room, and you just see Bryson and Andrew standing there, like, uh, sorry, you know. <laughs> Like, sorry, you <laughs> broke down your door. So, but they were pretty cool about it. You know, we off, we offered to pay for it, you know, like, so <laughs> no, but it was, uh, I'm thankful that those, those kind of raucous days are, are a little bit behind us, you know? <laughs> there you go. All right, Boone, what do you got going on lately? We were chatting a little bit in the intro and, uh, you, you know, it's been a road some, dog. You got some, you know, you can talk about, you know, <laughs> you know, we know you're doing a lot of stuff with Greg and you got some other news that people want to hear about. Oh yeah, man. It's been kind of a, been kind of a wild ride the past couple of years. Uh, Otis lost, uh, two members at the beginning of the pandemic. One guy kind of wanted to stay home to the family thing. Another guy got absorbed by active rock band and then, out of all things, I had uh, thyroid cancer. Had had my thyroid removed, uh, wow. take some uh, radioactive iodine treatment. Wow. So while all that's going on, uh, I started uh, helping Greg Martin with this uh, thing we do together. It's called a together.co, which is like a guitar-centric live streaming service. So I was doing that, and then um, I uh, got asked to do the Headhunter social media. So I've been doing that, and then 
once I kind of got the, the all clear on my cancer for now, uh, Richard called me up and he's like, man, won't you just, won't you just come on the road with us and, uh, hang out, sell merch, do whatever until, until you get, uh, Otis back going. So, uh, when I'm not been out with the headhunters, we've been trying, you know, to, to bring new people into the Otis lineup and, uh, it's, it's been really busy and I'm really grateful to, to have, uh, you know, been out with the headhunters some this year because it's just a big just a big positive rolling family experience i've got to be around so many cool people like uh doug gray from marshall tucker band we became friends and uh, got to meet uh, bobby rush which was one of my blues heroes and uh, you know i i got to see uh government mule the other night and uh, go backstage and meet warren and uh, i saw pictures yeah, yeah. And the, it was really unexpected. Like the first thing he said when I rounded the corner, he was like, man, when are you going to get Otis back going? So, wow. <laughs> it's like one, one of my heroes kind of, kind of, you know. That ba- your band, though, has so boot. much respect from other musicians. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in the genre around the area certainly knows you guys. Like anytime I wear an oh, Otis yeah, shirt man. and somebody sees it, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. I have Warren Haynes say that to you. Yeah. And when we it's, talked to Charlie Starr, he mentioned you guys too. Yeah, he mentioned you guys too. Yeah, it's, that, that's very humbling, man. We, we're really looking forward to coming back. I'll, I'll still probably do some some touring with the Headhunters uh, next yeah. year and then just kind of move everything over. And uh, they actually have one more show left this year. We're doing the uh, Grand Old Opry, Friday Night Opry on December nice. 16th. So that, that'll be a new, new experience for me as well. So that'll be so, super uh, cool. Yeah. So no, you know, no... Uh, permanent new guys in Otis you're still just auditioning or we, we got a we got a new guitar player that's permanent and uh, wait a minute we're... Boone you didn't ask me to try out I'm really really <laughs> disappointed <laughs> I mean well, don't you want a 47 year old that's shitty at guitar to be in your band hey man you, you can we'll make a three guitar army you know there we go <laughs> But no, man, we're, we're trying out a, trying out a, a new drummer this Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm pretty easy, but going about everything except music, music has to be right. And I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything until it's right. Right on. What about bass? What about we've got going on for bass? Um, uh, John Seeley, you know, it's been in the band since, since day still, one. Okay. I didn't know if he was yeah. still sticking around or not. So you're just replacing um, two, two, not three. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Thank God it's not three. <laughs> they just call it the Boone Boone Froggett Project or something like that, and just go on. You know, Boone Boone Froggett presents Otis. Hey, you, you, you could do that. You could do that. Hey, well, how's your how's your health though? Though this is first I've heard of that news, so hopefully you're doing okay. Yeah, man. I I, I kept I kept it pretty quiet. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, doing doing a lot better now. They totally removed my thyroid and. Uh, um, my vocals are fine. All that's good. good. So yeah. actually going back for, uh, you know, another checkup early next year. So, so, so far, so good. Been out, been out touring with the heads all year. So I'm all good. Well, it's it's Wait. exciting to hear that you're getting Otis back up and going at some point. And because so many people uh, love you guys and we love oh, that yeah. music and that record, you know, it's just incredible. So, and we uh, do know a, a podcast that specializes in blues and southern rock that you can help promote whatever's going on. When you need the official well, announcement, you, you you have to put me in touch with them. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we we have contacts. <laughs> <laughs> we get like everything else, like together with Greg Martin, the headhunter. Like you're practically a member of this podcast anyway, so you're like you know oh, we'll yeah. call you like co-producer or something. Oh yeah, this this is home, man. I I, I love being on here. <laughs> 
Well, we love having you and very happy to hear that you're doing well. And we'll keep praying for you that the, you know, the clean bill of health stays with you. Oh, thanks, y'all. So the reason we're here uh, is to pay tribute to uh, uh, an amazing icon and, and such an important uh, part of this kind of music, you know, whatever you want to call it, rock and roll or Southern rock or, you know, you know, blues rock or whatever. Um, uh, so Jerry Lee Lewis passed lately and uh, I said, man, we got to do a tribute show. And so we got you guys and I don't know who wants to start first. I mean, I'm looking for, you know, anything I can to learn about him and what you guys uh, have to say and what your feelings on all that is. And his well, Boo knows everything about everyone. So he's oh. probably a good person <laughs> to start with, to start with Boo. about Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> You know, is Jerry Lee is one, is one of those guys that uh, he's he's so embedded in culture that you you probably can't remember the first time you heard Jerry Lee Lewis, and I think I think that that speaks that speaks a lot for him. You know, you don't you, you don't have to think about it, and uh, I, I put Jerry Lee pretty high up there, man. He was a he was kind of the first showman of rock and roll. You know, he he was a show just by himself, and uh, he had all those. He grew up in New Orleans, had those New Orleans roots. It's when he, you know, first started recording. And uh, man, it's just this good old rock and roll rhythm and blues. One thing I like about his playing is his he played his shuffles straight. There wasn't a lot of swing to his shuffles. Like if uh, Johnny Johnson that played with Chuck Berry was playing, he was he was very much you know a, a swinging kind of shuffle guy. But uh, Jerry Lee played it played it really straight and on time, and I think I think that really resonated with a lot of people who would, who were new to rock and roll that had never really heard anything like that before. Uh, but yeah, they, they they called him they called him the killer for good reason. Damn it! You already answered one of my trivia questions. Now I have to mark that one off. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me know next time, man. So that was one of them. Was what what was Jerry Lee Lewis's nickname? Well, we got that one. <laughs> what would yeah. you say, Boone, um, uh, any of his records, anything that you would recommend either to somebody just wanting to get into him to start out? Or is there, do you have a favorite or one that you think is, you know, really outstanding, one of his best or I, something like that? I do have a favorite and I, I would put it above all his other stuff. It's a live record he done in 1967 called Live at the Star Club in Hamburg, Germany. And it is just incredible. It's one, it's one of the best examples of a rock and roll performance I, I could think of. As far as live albums, I put it up there with, Almonds at the Fillmore East or Humble Pie at the Fillmore. I mean, it's it's that powerful. And uh, what makes it so cool is uh, he had this backup band that was playing with him over there called the Nashville Teens, and uh, they were just they were just a hot rock and roll band at that time because they were listening, you know, Chuck Berry and Fats Domino and all that great boogie music, but they never really got a chance to play it with someone authentic. So you could tell there was a lot of mutual admiration going on there. And it's just a, it's, it's a great rock and roll record. Uh, it really wasn't available over here in the States until around 71. So a lot, a lot of folks were a, a little late on that one or maybe missed that record. And then it got a, a reissue in 86 where they, where they added some more tracks, but it's just, if you haven't heard it, you've, you've got to listen to it. It's it's by far my favorite Jerry Lee Lewis recording. Yeah, and Sean, you you gestured and kind of raised your hand and pumped at that that album. So tell us a little bit about that album for you. I uh, just, I mean, I mean, Boone eloquently put it. I mean, like it's just you can, I mean, you can feel it. You know, like you can, and 
like, and you already, you already said it, dude. I mean, like, he was one of the, really the first kind of guys to put on a show, you know, like he, you know, I think there's like a, uh, an Elton John interview where he says, uh, he's like little Richard stood and played, like played, but uh, Jerry Lee would get on the piano and play, like, you know, and like he was and played with, you know, and, and you can hear that in the recording. There's like wrong notes. He goes up and does those blah, 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 like those those hits that he does. And, and I love them. And you can just I mean, you just know he's hitting them with his elbow or his fist and, and, I mean, or his feet. Right. He's known to play yeah. with his feet as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on up. <laughs> but it's just it, it really I mean, it's a it's a great I mean, it's a definitely his best. Like if I if I were to listen to it, I'd probably throw that on, you know, if I'm listening to Jerry Lee Lewis for sure, you know. So, and I was, you know, it's it, been, you nailed it on the head. I mean, I, I don't remember the, the first time I heard Jerry Lee. I can tell you it was probably at like a family Christmas party with my mom and her sisters singing great balls of fire, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, and ever since then, it's like, I mean, it really is. He's one of those kind of, not, I mean, prototype kind of artists of rock and roll that really like got the, got the juices flowing for us. So as I'm hoping to learn more about him, you know, do either either one of you guys know like when did he start? Does he start at the beginning of rock and roll? Did he start before then? Like, do you think he, uh, was he influenced by his, blues or you know, do you consider him kind of a part of a blues at all? His first recording he did down in New Orleans, like in '52, I think it is, and, and I don't know what it is. I forget the name of the of the, of the tune. But he, but he recorded that in, in, there in 52, and he always, like, he said he was influenced by, uh, 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 what's his name, Muricate Mullins, uh, some, um, gosh, forgive me. But he was influenced by R&B a lot. I mean, he grew up in a poor neighborhood down in Louisiana and was, was close to a, a, a black juke joint, you know, and listened to the piano player there and, and, and really got a feel for the R&B side of things over there. You know, what about uh, where did you know? Do you guys any know like places that he recorded? Any like classic studios or guys that you know session guys or anything like that? Of course, of course he spent a lot of time at, at Sun Records with Sam Sun, Phillips and yeah. in, in Memphis, and that him playing on sessions in New Orleans kind of kind of geared him up to hit that rockabilly rock and roll thing just right. So, yeah, he was right at the same time, like Elvis was getting going there with Sun Records and a couple of other like the yeah. heavy hitters of like the, you know, the original rock, rock musicians. Yeah, he was on the, what do they call it, like the the class of 55 with like that, that tour with like Elvis and Johnny Cash. And wow. It was yeah. Roy Perkins or Roy uh, Orbison. Uh, Carl Perkins, too. Yeah. Carl yeah. Perkins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they all did a did a session together at one point. Now, this is a little farther down the road, but it was called the the Million Dollar Quartet, where they all, where Jerry was playing piano and everybody else is kind of singing around him, which was was really cool. If you've never heard it, that'd be a hell of a thing to see. Yeah, it had it had to be. Have you have is you there... all ever been to to Sun down in Memphis? No, yeah, like taking the tour. It's yeah. a it's if you haven't, it's a it's pretty cool. Like I mean. There's definitely, I don't know, just to be in the room, see the picture of them around, you know, and you're standing in the, it's, 
it's pretty cool. So I was there in 2000. What has changed in 22 years? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't probably not I, a lot. I, I would, yeah, probably not a lot. So, but it's really it's really cool if you're ever in Memphis. I would I, definitely I recommend checking it. I haven't seen that, but I did get to see uh, uh, Studio B in uh, uh, Nashville, RCA Studio B. That's a cool scene. Picture of Roy Orbison without his glasses, and they still got like the little X on the floor and tape where Elvis sung and his pianos in there and all this old gear. It's pr pretty, pretty uh, amazing. So, so, where do you think Jerry Lee Lewis's like influence is with kind of where we are with rock music now, or at least what we're doing on on kind of this emerging classic rock scene that you guys are part of? I mean, I think he was he was the first guy to ever really break any rules on his own. You know, uh, you know, Elvis broke some rules, but he he had he had, a, you know, uh, well, he was also pulled back pretty quickly from breaking. Yeah, the exactly. Too, right? Yeah. Especially uh, even Jerry Lee, you know, making those making those records with Sam Phillips. There was a certain there was a certain volume. There's a certain uh, formula that you kind of had to follow for these, you know, the stations, you know, to play your record later. And then then. As you go down the road, he broke a lot of that, especially in his live shows, because that's going back to that record. That's what I love so much is there was there was no rules. It was it was 100 percent Jerry Lee. It wasn't him, you know, back down. And, you know, you see bands later, you know, like, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix setting his guitar on fire and, you know, the Pete Townsend throwing his SG up in the air. I mean, I, th I think the first guy to ever do any of that destructive stuff was Jerry Lee Lewis. So and didn't, the he, wild didn't he catch his piano on fire? Like what that yeah. part of his thing? Yes, I mean, yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's a little bit more expensive to replace than an amp or guitar. <laughs> Not that those are cheap, but it's, <laughs> a piano yeah. would be pretty pricey. Although I don't think yeah. he ever burned it down, right? He just put lighter fluid on part of the wood and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. So Boone, for you, his influence on modern music is the showmanship, the character, the the stage antics piece of it. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of like I guess like him and Screaming Jay Hawkins were kind of the first shock rockers. It was kind of like let's 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 see what we can what we can get out of somebody here. And I think I think that was that was kind of a constant in his in his life from that point. I wonder if was he an influence on Doctor John at all. Oh, had to be, had to be. Of course, they were, I'm sure maybe they maybe knew of each other or kind of came up at the same time. But if you can really hear that New Orleans influence in, uh, you know, in Jerry Lee's bass hand, because he, he does a lot of half runs uh, to where, you know, a piano player in, other, in another area playing the blues will do, a, will do a whole run. But he was doing just a lot of half stuff, which was, which was really interesting. And uh, I think he was more more uh bass dominant with his playing than than a lot of other piano players players were he was more he was more about the uh about the bass hand than the than the lead hand yeah. and sean for you where do you think his influences are with kind of i mean you know you're also a young musician in this in this classic rock scene or whatever we're calling it these days it's always changes but i mean how does it influence you and, you, and your peers uh <clears throat> i mean you know we're 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 no uh, stranger to just some straight up like kind of rockabilly boogie woogie type things. And I think for me, it's just something that is timeless. Like 
there's still songs that come out like that are that still follow that same kind of bass pattern that still and it's just it, you know it might not always be on piano uh but mm -hmm. it's just but that the kind of thing is just it, to me is is timeless throughout like the, the history of rock and roll i think everybody who kind of that we probably grew up listening to it has has a song like that that's probably one of our favorite jammers to rock on it's like one that's just you know and just kind of yeah. let it roll you know and that's i mean that's i mean those are kind of my favorite songs to play and it, just that kind of style that boogie boogie that you know and and i mean and props to are you even a piano player dude oh no not at all but uh be it, either, being man. A, yeah be, being uh, around I, uh, I just, I can't, you know, I, I, I always get baffled. I watch them play because of the bass hand. And I just, I, the independence, I couldn't do it. You know, it's, it's just amazing that you, your brain can, and your, you can play up here with the right hand and do all these crazy things. And you're singing and you're dancing and you're, you know, setting shit on fire. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. So Boone, you have such a deep knowledge of the blues. Um, are there any blues piano players you think uh, that that play similar to Jerry Lee or influenced him at all? Do you have a that you? No, absolutely. I think I think for for certain he he was probably listening to to Johnny Johnson on those Chuck Berry records because Chuck Berry was just he was a little bit before you know the kind of the rockabilly Sun Records movement. He was. He was all he was already playing and uh, watching people like you know, T Bone Walker and, and people like that, and uh, yeah, he was he was there's there's a there's a lot of lot of blues piano players that that carry that carry that style, uh, but there's it, a lot of what Jerry Lee came did came from New Orleans jazz stuff too. I just think he just kind of had his own way of simplifying it. And what, what really inspired him to be, play piano in the first place was uh, an older cousin that he had that ended up playing in Bill Black's combo, which is kind of like a jazz instrumental thing. So he heard him, he heard him play. And then uh, his parents went to a, basically a, a pawn shop to get him and, and borrowed money to get him a piano after that. And uh, he actually, I'm sure a lot of you guys know this, but he he came from a very, very interesting, talented family. I got to share a story. The, the, uh, you remember the old show, The Midnight Special? <laughs> and yeah. Oddly enough, Jerry Lee Lewis was on the same uh, episode as Jason, the Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. It, all comes, it always goes back to the Bee Gees on the podcast. <laughs> but, Every uh, time there's they, a Bee Gees related item. They played the song Money, That's What I Want. So that was kind of like, I don't know, and I always remember that. <laughs> somebody on this podcast right now, band, have you has covered a Bee Gees song? Sean, have you guys covered Bee Gees yet? No? Oh. Okay. You, we gave Bryson the idea to cover a Bee Gees song, didn't we, Ron, last time? He was, <laughs> Could we, be. We was, he was asking for some cover ideas. So, Sean, that, that might be coming in your rotation somewhere. Oh, great. I, I can't wait. <laughs> so get that high. Get, get, get ready to get some tight pants and a high falsetto voice and you're ready yeah. to go. Yeah, hopefully the other guys start singing. Then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so as we're sitting here, I remembered uh, Bryson had told me like, uh, you know, Mojo and Otis played some shows back quite a while ago together, right? Or did you guys do a run or? 
Yeah, we we played some shows together in the past. I think I think the majority of of them were before uh, Sean got in the band. Mm-hmm. So I haven't. Yeah, I haven't yeah really... we've, we've never shared a bill, man. We got to yeah. change that. We got to change. Oh, we that. will. We will. And uh, uh, I, I'm excited to see you guys go to Europe, man. I think you guys will do do really well over there. Hell yeah, man! Yeah, we're excited for sure. So, is that all those dates set, Sean? Do you guys know what you're doing? Uh, for yes, we're, yes, they're set. Uh, we are supposed to meet with uh, the tour uh, agency and talk about some final things and then release it all to the public. So okay. we're just kind of all biding our time and, and getting prepped, you know. I happened to just on random. I was uh, watching some videos of Drew Smithers and uh, found out he played with this guy Kyle Daniel, and uh, yeah. checked him out. And you know, and Bryson had commented on it. You know, that he's from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Listened to his stuff, and it's like, it's like really good. And then I always that dude's got a voice, man. Imagine that, like a talented musician from Kentucky. We're still, we're always going to be blown away by the <laughs> amount of talent that's in that area. <laughs> You know, from Bowling Green to Lexington and everywhere in between, that it's just like it's incredible. Got to start sharing and spreading that out to some other states, man. Come on, like wow. can't hog it all. <laughs> Stealing all from amazing. Nashville. So, what do you what do you guys think Jerry Lee Lewis' legacy really is? And Sean, we'll start with you. Like, what you know, he he just died. What is his legacy? Uh, you know, I think I mean. For me, it's just he was a pioneer of, of changing sound and and kind of taking an R&B style and an R&B based kind of music and and giving it to a, a audience that uh, was ready to receive it. You know, I mean, I think I'm not going to sit here and say he was a big activist or anything, uh, but taking that, you know, kind of juke joint music and and putting a kind of country kind of flair on it. Um, definitely opens up the realm of, of music to a, a whole different caliber of person back in the day and, and a wider, uh, a bigger audience in general. And so maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, I'm not here to say, but I think like his just kind of stylizing like R&B music in a way that is more accessible to to white kids in the 50s. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, th- I think yeah. it's, it's, that's, kind of where I see it is, is he was a true pioneer of, of bringing rock and roll to the masses, you know, a little bit shine, like Elvis, shine. right? Exactly. Elvis was playing that blues R&B music that most white people weren't being exposed to. And he brought that because that he grew up around that poor, you know, do, African-American dominant society. And he brought that really to the general public. For sure. So Boone, what do you think? What, what do you, what's your legacy for Jerry Lee Lewis? Man, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: we were we were leaving out to to do a run of shows. Um, Otis was when we were in the van, and it was a Sunday. And on Sundays on NPR, there's this show called American Roots with Nick Spencer that comes on. Mm-hmm. And uh, this show is very it, it's New Orleans based, so there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of piano players and you know that New Orleans type of music. And he was he was interviewing Jerry Lee Lewis. And there was a moment in the interview where, where he told Nick Spencer, he said, I'm a country boy, but I ain't no country boy. And the four of us just kind of looked at each other, just like, you know, that he had, he was, 
talking directly to us because we related to that so much, you know, and I think, I think that goes to kind of goes to show you the influence that he had on, on, on Southern music, because that's, that's kind of the thing we all go through. You kind of get, you know, you kind of get uh, pigeonholed a little bit as a Southern band and, and people kind of have an opinion of, of where you come from in the country, but you know, you're, I'm a country boy, but I ain't no country boy. I always, I always carried that with me. I always, always thought that was a really cool way to put it. Really well said. So on Godfathers of Rock Music, does Jerry Lee Lewis make the list of, like, say, we're picking the four or five guys that were foundationally, set foundationally rock music as we know it? Yes, no? What do we think? Well, I I think so for sure. Yeah. I would uh I'd put him up there. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in there. You said top five. Well, I mean, if you said hey, here's the five people that really set rock music in motion, like they were they were the found the founding fathers, not the godfathers, the founding fathers of rock music. Yeah, I mean, I think naturally he has to be in there. You know, I mean, I think everybody probably in that kind of original. 55 tour is is kind of like they kind of hold that position as like we started this shit you know yeah. <laughs> like we for real started this like you know we're on tour we're doing crazy stuff on tour we're performing like crazy your moms and dads are are freaking out over this blasphemous sexual music because i say <laughs> shake it shake it baby right you know i mean so yeah so do you think that the, there's a list do like like Elvis, Little Richard, Jerry Lee and James Brown, you know, are they, does that make sense for, you know, what Jason's saying, you know, you know, forefathers of rock and roll. Yeah. Little Richard, I think's on there. I think Jerry, oh, yeah. Lee, Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, I was going to only said Jerry Lewis. Holy shit. We're not doing a telethon. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, I think you can argue Screaming Jay Hawkins, like you guys already brought up before, like he's also certainly at least, if not a founding father, of, you know. Yeah, fast one of the guys. I mean, there's yep. yeah, there's endless people of of just that. I don't know. But I don't think you have the, the rock without the big personality and Boone or Sean. I think you said that earlier. It's the big personality, the stage antics, yeah. and that really led to a lot of the the rock star type persona and acts. Yeah. How Absolutely. important is uh, Jerry Lee Lewis as far as being an, ingre an, in an ingredient and in what we call, you know, the amalgamation of styles that we call Southern rock? You know, does he influence Billy Powell and Skinner? You know, just, you know, so do you think that, that he was definitely, you know, his music was one of those things that came into that kind of blend of music that created Southern rock? Oh, I think so, man. I think I think next to uh, next to Ray Charles, he was one of the first guys there to jump genres. Cause I mean, once he kind of he kind of let the let the big time you know rock and roll thing go to about you know sixty six, sixty seven. Then he crossed over into country music, and mm -hmm. that that brought him to a whole new no whole new audience of people. You know, there's there's probably a lot of people out there that heard Jerry Lee's version of uh, "You Win Again" before they heard Hank Williams. Wow. Yeah, and kind of to that point, like, that old kind of style of rock and roll, like, kind of transitioned itself into being country music, 
you know, yeah. like it, it kind of became like once once the British invasion happened with with the Beatles and the Stones and, you know, you have all this rock and roll influence that's mm-hmm. that we think like truly like when we say classic rock, like that's where my mind goes is like 70s and and you have all that like that kind of old school boogie woogie style kind of now it's like more leaning towards the country kind of style or just like a country flavor, you know, and, and for sure. So definitely is influencing the like all the southern rock greats of, of the 70s. You know? Oh, yeah. And then you had like bands like the Eagles, the Birds, Flying Burrito Brothers, who 100 percent. They were country rock bands. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, Boone, like him crossing over in a country. That's such a great symbolization of the further you go back in time, you know, like blues, country, rock and roll weren't so separated out into lanes down oh, there no. in that part of the country they were intersecting would that be like accurate to say oh yeah man i think uh you know blues went through the whole thing of, of it, it was the first dangerous music and then mm-hmm. you know it kind of it kind of uh, cross-pollinated with country and jazz and some other things and then they they you know kind of coined the term rock and roll and it, it and then it kind of had its it's it's wild season and uh you know i don't really know I don't really know what was the outlaw music after that, but I mean, it, it, it it's always, it's always been a, a real breaking type music, you know, the, the, the further back you go, you know, kind of uh, even like with uh, Ray Charles and Jerry Lee, a lot of those, a lot musically, a lot, a lot of what they're playing was gospel, but they, you know, were changing the lyrics to, to fit the music that they were playing. So they, you know, they, they caught a lot of flack for that, you know, especially like, Jerry, one of Jerry Lee's cousins is actually, you know, Jimmy Swagger, you know, the big, right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, preacher gospel guy. So, Hey, Hey, hey a- Boone, why don't you quit stealing my trivia questions? <laughs> <laughs> I Damn walked it. right into that one. <laughs> well, well, at least there's no competition and we're not giving out prizes, Sean, because I think you'd you'll, be screwed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's already to- got two, man. Yeah. You'll have to talk uh, you have to talk about his other famous cousin when we do trivia then. Yeah. We'll, we'll get so, into it. So boom. <laughs> you know, this is the Jerry Lee Lewis tribute. Um, although I want to talk about the headhunters for a second because I definitely yeah. consider them like, you know, I think most people think of them they're a country band. I say, no, they're a blues band. Um what <laughs> you know, you you've been out there with them and seeing them play, like what 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 kind of you know, I know it's hard to put into words, but like what when you're watching them, do you see that? Like, what do you see? What do you hear as far as like, you know, this is a, is a good, is it a combination of the two or, you know, does it really show like what we're talking about? That's these great styles intersecting. Oh yeah. It's, it's one of the best examples I can, I can think of. And it's, it's been really interesting over the past year and a half to watch, watch these guys play for all kinds of different audiences. Cause we did a bunch of shows uh, with Marshall Tucker and that was kind of more of a Southern rock oriented crowd. Then we've, you know, we've, they've played with some newer country artists this year, like, you know, Colt Ford, some other people, and they've played, they did the rhyming with Steve Earle. So you, seeing them play with all, all these, all these different guys, it's really it's really the crowd that, that, that puts the, that puts the label on you because uh, you know, you, they, they're a bit of a shock at first to some of the, some of the country crowd because they only remember, you know, they remember uh, Dumas Walker and mm-hmm. honky tonk walk. And then, you know, some of the, some of those earlier songs, but once, you know, once the, uh, uh, the two original, you know, Phelps brothers left the band for a little while, 
they started you know, they started getting into more of the blues territory and they've they've really always been a a blues rock and roll band there was just a there was a special little little niche in country music there that they were able to to fit into and then they they took off and uh yeah that great great example of that i wish i wish you could have got richard on here because he's got some great stories about being in studio with jerry lee lewis and and working with him well, and, uh, we'll definitely do that. Richard's got to be on an episode yeah. by himself, man. Like we can just shut our <laughs> microphones <laughs> off, and Jason and I just kick back, and <laughs> he's awesome. Hey, um, he can talk. Yeah, so yeah. Sh- you guys Sean, could come on as the audience, but you know, you're not going to say a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, like, what if somebody asks you, what kind of band is Mojo Thunder? Like, what what are the collective influences that you guys all bring? And because I, you're playing these different covers, and I'm like. So I'm seeing that same kind of thing, this intersection of, of different kind of these styles that make up Southern rock. I mean, so, you know, my, my typical answer to that question, when people say like, what kind of music, like, would you say is, is pretty, is like, I just try to say rock and roll because it's, because it's kind of that encompassing, like how, like what you're talking about, it's setting like rock and roll to me is that encompassing of all these different, flavors into one kind of thing um but we take you know we don't try to make rock music it just kind of comes naturally and you know we try to stay away from the southern rock kind of label just because as, as boone mentioned when you pigeonhole yourself it's it, it kind of it can do a little bit of, of harm and, and even creatively, like then you start to think about, well, how could this be a little more Southern rock, you know? So I think right now we're kind of in a a state of transition where we're experimenting with different styles of songs, different kinds of things and, and, and just letting things go. I, I think we're focused on writing good music and not so much the rock. I mean, it doesn't have, and not, we're, we're still a rock and roll band, but left right, you're not, right. you know. <laughs> well, but, rock's a, a big genre. Like, there's a lot of things if you just say rock. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's a good question. <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you know, writing good music and doing whatever you guys want to do. And that's, that's the good thing about most rock these days being independent artists. There's not big record labels. You guys can do what you want to do, release EPs, release albums. You know, it, it doesn't matter because you don't have people forcing you to do something that fits. We'll take Jay Scott from the Hook Rocks um, word, the algorithm you know to fit in a specific genre specific record or specific you know spin on a streaming service and i know i've uh i've always got to ask this question again i know boone we've talked a lot about this and i was gonna ask sean too and ask you again like what can you put into words of the kentucky influence is it in the air is it in the soil is it in you know i mean it's it, it. I always think of the the beginning of the Muscle Shoals documentary. I know that's Alabama, but yeah, it's in the water. They say I think it was Bono who starts out the first soundbite on that. It's in the water. It seems like it, it's it's up there as well. So it, it is it just a thing, just a spirit, just an energy that you can't put into words. It, it is that it is that same type of thing that that, that happened, you know, in, in the Muscle Shoals area with with fame and Muscle Shoals sound. There's just there's just so so many good bands, so many good talented people 
around here and so many influences and it's been it's been going on you know a long time you know uh, uh, rock and roll has a deep history in kentucky and uh and you know uh, sean and them's area especially in lexington you had you had all those uh tail draggers super fuzz all those great rock and roll bands to listen mm-hmm. to and uh, down uh, over in this direction you know you had the you had itchy brother which turned into the to the headhunters and uh you had uh buster brown uh which uh, supported you know Alice Cooper and Skinnerd a lot in the 70s they were they were a big time rock band in their day and um, man and of course it goes all the way back to people like uh, Bill Monroe Merle Travis I mean uh, John Brim I mean there's there's just a there's a huge melting pot of of music here in uh, in Kentucky and I think it I think it goes to see you know that you look at a lot of these bands from our area and they're doing really well and then you kind of say, hey, man, maybe there's hope for me. Maybe maybe I can create my own thing as well. So I think I think that that's kind of where it, how it how it keeps going. Sean. I mean, Boone pretty much nailed it. I mean, there's uh, you know, I'm from Louisville. That's where I live. So I'm kind of like right on the on the line of Kentucky. Um, and and. You know, we have some great history here as far, I mean, you know, with Bob Morning Jacket and some other, you know, and I think, you know, I think the mm-hmm. the big movement of, of um, kind of this Americana or singer-songwriter thing has been a blessing uh, in some ways because I think it is it's, it's really shined the light on Kentucky and, you know, and made kind of made being from Kentucky a, a cool thing to say finally and not just like oh like you're <laughs> from Kentucky do you wear shoes it's like you know I live in a city you know <laughs> so it's you know it's but I know I, I, I there's just something and the, there's so many good people there's something going on here in Kentucky and and I think there's it's been going on. I think finally the light is just starting to shine more in our direction, you know, and there's, there, I mean, there's a list of names a mile long that Boone and I could probably throw at you that like, yeah, if you haven't heard of this, but you know, you know, just from Kentucky alone. But, it's and, Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, man. And, and pretty diverse too. You know, there's hardcore scenes in Lexington and Louisville that are like really big. There's, like the the singer songwriter Americana kind of deal. There's I mean, funk bands that are coming. I mean, you know, it's just it's it's a pretty cool place to be. So, right on, Jason. Time for trivia. All right, gentlemen. Even though Boone's taken two of my questions, we're going to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, Brian? We we either have to do a special a podcast or Boone. We need to have Boone do his own podcast where he just goes on and talks about like music, something music history because he knows always so much information about everything. I'm always fascinated by his knowledge. So, all right, we're gonna ask some Jerry Lee trivia. Jerry Lee Lewis trivia to you both. All right. There's no, there's no prizes this time. Next time I, I, I see you guys, I'll give you a sticker from the podcast. So that you'll, you'll, you're both right. winners. Okay. Participation <laughs> awards. All right. How old was Jerry Lee Lewis when he made his first public appearance performing? And Brian, you get to play too, by the way. Seven. 
Okay, Sean says seven. I have no idea, but I'm I'm just uh, gonna throw fifteen out there. Fifteen for Boone. I'll go thirteen. We're hearing so much lately from guests it's like, "Oh, I started out playing in bars when I was 13. <laughs> so I'll go 13, 13. right? Yeah. Well, the closest are Brian and Boone. He was fourteen years old where he sat in with a local country and western band at the age of fourteen. Wow, that's amazing. How many times has Jerry Lee Lewis been married? Two. Okay, Sean says two. I'm going to double that and say four. Brian says four. I'm going to split the difference and go three. Oh, <laughs> he has been married six times. Wow. wow. God. Yes, six <laughs> times. So his third wife, there was a lot of scandal around marrying of this third wife. What was the scandal? Uh, she was 13, right? Okay, Sean says and, she was and, underage at 13. And it was and a what? second cousin. She was 13 and a second cousin. That's what Sean says. Boone, what do you say? I, I think he's got it. Okay, Boone agrees. Brian? Yeah, I think it's like 13 or 14 or something like that. Indeed, she was 13 years old and a second cousin and also um, the sister of a space player. So, really, and that makes not Jimmy a lot of good stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> and that made Jimmy Swaggered his double cousin. That's right, his <laughs> double cousin. So, he was cousin two times over. Um, Couldn't like yeah, Mike, Love, Mike Love from the Beach Boys do that too? <laughs> It, it probably. I mean, it was, you know, the, the 60s were a different time. They lied about her age as well and told everybody she was 15 years old, as that really makes it a lot better than 13, but different times. Um, exactly. Different times. Back then. I, I must All be right. confused. I was thinking about Bill Wyman. He married his 15 okay. year old cousin. But anyway, ah, sorry. But go Jesus. Ahead. <laughs> All right. There is a famous 80s rock biopic. Of Jerry Lee Lewis. Who played Jerry Lee Lewis in that motion picture? I, I don't know. John uh, does not know. Okay, Boone. Dennis Quaid. Boone says Dennis Quaid. Brian. Yeah, I just read that the other day. Yes, it was Dennis Quaid who did play the role. And a little fun fact about that, even though he sang and played piano, Dennis Quaid, for the soundtrack, they did replace his vocals with Jerry Lee Lewis, but they kept his piano playing because Dennis Quaid <laughs> was an accomplished piano player. Wow. Did not know that. Okay. What famous actor, actress from the 80s and 90s played the 13-year-old bride in that movie? Man. I know Boone knows this. <laughs> I, I sure do Okay. Sure. This may be a little bit out of your age range, Sean. You know, the 80s <laughs> are probably a little bit. You'll have to go back and watch it. The movie's called Great Balls of Fire. All right, Sean does not know. Boone. I actually don't know either. I've seen the movie, but uh, I can't I can't think of who played that I, part. Okay, Brian. Come on, I'm Brian. I'm just going to throw a guess out there. I'll say Goldie Hawn. No, <laughs> no. It was somebody, men of a certain age, Brian and I more than likely had a crush on because she was in a bunch of stuff. It was Winona Ryder. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Cool. Yep. Winona Ryder played that. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. 
Jerry Lee Lewis had a pretty tragic life. A lot of his family members, wives, kids, siblings were killed. Um, not great. His son, Jerry Lee Lewis, um, well, he had two sons that both died. Can you name the ways both of them died? You've got me on that one. I, I don't know. Okay. John? Yeah, me, me neither. Brian? No idea. Okay. One was in a car accident in Mississippi. The other died of drowning. Man, that's rough. Wow. wow. Okay. I know, right? So Jerry Lou Lewis, his sixth wife, um, died and tragically as well. How did she like die? Uh, I'm going dark. Everybody, no. All right. <laughs> she must. She mistook his methadone pills for sleeping pills and accidentally overdosed. Oh man. Pretty pretty That's tragic. Pretty... I know. We'll, we'll move. Yeah. We'll move away Jeez. from the dark stuff. <laughs> I'm depressing Jeez. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis had an unusual hobby. What was it? Just guess. Just guess. Just throw something out there. You never know. I, I know he likes guns. <laughs> that's a good guess, but that's not the answer. I'm going to say bowling. Bowling? <laughs> like John says bowling. Brian, what do you think? What word did you use? Unique, unique hobby? An unusual hobby. Unusual Just hobby. A unique would also work. I don't know, collecting vintage toilets. That's actually close. He collected antique fountain pens. Huh. Yeah. Right? Well, you wouldn't expect yeah. that. Everybody's um, got something. In 1968, Jerry Lee Lewis was in a rock musical called Catch My Soul. This was a musical version of one of Shakespeare's plays. Which play was this based on? Oh. Check your Shakespearean knowledge. I mean, everybody at least knows Taming of the Shrew, Romeo and Juliet. What, what was it? What was it called? It was called Catch My Soul. Catch My Soul. And that won't help. I don't help know. You. Uh, it won't help me. No. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a Midsummer Night's Dream. That's a good guess, but it's wrong. But it's a good guess, though. Yeah, Boone. <laughs> uh, I would have guessed that. Trust me, that would have been my go-to. Man, I have no idea. You, you, you got this one, Brian. I'm drawing a blank. I can't even think of a guess to throw out. <laughs> Othello. It's Othello, which oh, is wow. a really weird. Yes, right. We all know the story of Othello, where, yeah. He ends up marrying his mom. Like, yeah, it's a weird, like, I think Jerry Lee Lewis should have stayed away the fa from anything resembling family Marion. He <laughs> <laughs> developed a bit of a reputation. All right. Let me go one more thing for you guys. And we'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll we'll get off here just because um, these are hard questions. And Boone took all the easy ones already. Jerry Lee Lewis had a penchant and a love for a certain style of dog, a certain dog breed. What was it? What is it? I'm gonna say a golden shepherd or a golden retriever. Golden, golden retriever, that's a good yeah. guess. John, John Boone? Uh, I'm gonna say Beagle, I have no idea. Beagle, okay, Brian? My guess would be close to Boone's because they both kind of 
kind of sing howl, but a basset hound. That's more of a deep bark. Really good uh, guesses. The answer is chihuahuas. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he owns several chihuahuas and chow dogs. His favorite is Topaz, with whom he was often pictured. He also had dogs named Topaz Jr., Babette, Prince, and Zelda. They often howl along while Lewis sings. So those were chihuahuas. Hmm. All right, that's it. I'm gonna, so the rest of the stuff I have is pretty dark about drug and alcohol abuse and other people dying. So I'm going to stay <laughs> away from that. <laughs> but really, really good guesses. I, we learned some stuff about Jerry Lee Lewis today. Um, that a lot of us didn't know and probably didn't need to know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, over to you. Well, thank you guys for doing this tribute, man. It means a lot to us. Um, you know, I almost, when you, uh, Boone, when you mentioned talking to Richard, I did almost hit him up, but I was, I, cause I was thought I'd try to email him to, to, we did, we weren't able to get TJ nailed down. So, but I was going to try to email him for that, but yeah, we're going to have to, uh, we're gonna have to have him on again. Well, he said too, like we should have Fred on too. So I don't know if we have him on at the both time or separate. <laughs> but separate. Anyway. separate. But anyway, yeah. Thank you guys, Boone Froggett, Sean Sullivan, uh Boone's good to hear that, you know, that uh that uh Otis is gonna be rising out of the ashes. And as always, you know, I, I can't gush enough about Mojo Thunder. I'm just like holy crap, I'm just a Mojo Thunder fanatic geek. And uh, love everything. Well, I'm lined up right now to go see you guys at the South yeah, and I'm jealous right of before Thanksgiving. So yes. I love that venue. It's close enough. It is a super cool place to see a show, and I'm excited by it. Yeah, man, we're I'm excited to. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a good one, man. Brother Smith, if you haven't heard of them, there's just another Kentucky band waiting for you. They're they're pretty Please. cool. They're, they're well, introduce me to them while we're there, and I'll give them our business cards that we don't have. But I'll just say, here you go. <laughs> Follow this link. <laughs> Sean, where do we go to find out more about Mojo Thunder and what's going on with the band? Uh, you can look us up on any social media. It's off base, or on Facebook. We're Mojo Thunder or everything else. We're Mojo Thunder official. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you can look for updates on MojoThunder.com. And, uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. Follow them everywhere. Check out their cool covers, particularly the most recent one, Thriller. Boone, what about you? Where do we go to find more about Boone Froggett or some of the other things you're involved in with Greg and everything else that's going on? Uh, you can you can check that all out on uh, Greg's uh, Facebook page and Instagram. On Instagram, he's Greg Martin Music. Anything Otis related is uh, theotisband.com. And uh, anything Headhunter related is uh, Kentucky Headhunter. Well, follow you, on, follow you on Instagram. You're always posting like cool books and comic books you find and, and like really cool uh bronze age and classic age like artwork from like horror comics and stuff you know me i always comment on that stuff because i love it oh yeah yeah that's uh at the only boom frog it on instagram it's a, it's a great follow and let me pimp to go together out a little bit brian and i are both members of together and we've seen charlie star greg martin tyler bryant just had his first one i believe um I was also thinking JD Simo has been on it a yeah. few times. So yeah. it is a really cool thing to do and subscribe to. And if you watch the live shows, you get a chance to interact and ask questions and have um, the artists talk to you there. So how often do you get a chance to get a live intimate performance and actually interact with the people that are, are performing? It's really cool. 
uh, it's it's well worth it. It's pre- it's pretty cheap. I think it's like ten bucks a month or something ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's it's not very much, but you 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 get a whole lot access to 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 so many great folks. And the recorded shows, if you miss it, you put them on your calendar. You can go back and watch them again in another time for for a time period. So you don't even have yeah. to be there live. It's a great service, and wow. again, Brian and I both use use it, and we love it. And it's great that you're helping Greg out, and you sometimes you even perform with them. I've seen. Yeah, we'll we'll get on there and play some play some blues together. He's had uh, Jimmy Hall on with him, and uh, man, we we just we just have some fun, hang out, talk guitars, and that's about it. Right up my alley, right, Brian? Yeah. Okay, thank you, Boone and Sean, for being on. That was awesome. Uh, We always love having you guys on. Look forward to the next time. Thanks Thanks for having us. Appreciate you. Big thanks to Boone. Big thanks to Sean for coming on and uh, talking Jerry Lee Lewis with us. Um, You know, it's just great. As always, you know, we know uh, about Boone's not deep knowledge about music, and uh, he he didn't disappoint us. And also, Sean had a lot you know, a lot to say, a lot to add. And he was, when I reached out to him, he was very, very excited to, to do this. So uh, what great fun, what great fun uh, talking about Jerry Lee Lewis and, and learning some things and, uh, you know, hearing some good points and, and, and things. Boone schooling us. And he, he was, he was talking my trivia questions even before I got a chance to get to him. But yeah, like, again, Sean was great. Um, it's nice to see younger dudes pay reverence to the people that have come before him. And he obviously was a big fan. Of course, Boone is a big fan of everybody knows everything. Um, one question I didn't get on the, on the trivia round, Brian, that I forgot cause I was thrown off by the, t- the two questions that Boone had already spoke to is I'm going to ask you this one, put okay. you on the spot. All right. Which Jerry Lee Lewis hit was, is more as a more well-known hit song by a 60s rock artist. Great Balls of Fire? I'll give you another hint. Female rock artist. I mean, are you saying that she covered the song or? Yes, yeah, and she's more well-known for that song than he is, even though it was a hit for him in the 50s. Female rock artist, I'm trying to think. Uh, we'll narrow it down she she also died at the age of 27 from a drug overdose like so many other great artists janice joplin yep and what do you know what the song is i do not me and bobby mcgee jerry lee lewis played that too yeah it's a song no chris christopherson wrote that man i by my by my wikipedian i've got that listed on here yeah. Stupid Wikipedia. Anybody could put anything on there. That's what I have. I have it. Oh, as, really? Yeah. Maybe he did write it, but I thought, oh, well, okay, well, we'll task everybody with that. Uh, who who uh, actually Send it in the it. comments. Who's right? You know, anybody could post anything on Wikipedia. I was going through and cobbling stuff from different things to make up some of these questions. And Lewis returned to the pop charts with me and Bobby McGee in 1971. So. Is that all it says? It doesn't say. Yeah. Well, maybe I have that wrong. Maybe he recorded is, it after her. Usually things on Wikipedia, like their song titles and stuff are highlighted. Can you, is that the case? If you can click on it. Um, yes. Yep. You're, oh, here we go. He, it was written by Chris Christopherson. There you go. I, you know, I'd love to hear Jerry Lee Lewis version of that. 
apparently we can. Maybe that's our homework then. Well, I'm glad you got the, the trivia question corrected that I had written down and don't always believe everything you read on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect way somebody, to close. Somebody do a Wikipedia for all things blues and Southern rock and we'll see how accurate Oh, God. Is. I'm going to do one. Oh, God. Totally embellish. <laughs> you absolutely should. You should do. We should, I mean, nobody, apparently nobody fact checks this stuff because I had something that was wrong. But I will say the majority of my stuff came from there is a art of artist facts. There's something called artist facts and there was Jerry Lee Lewis had a page. So I, I think I'm going to trust artist facts more than Wikipedia. All right. Well, we've all got some homework. Well, no, we don't. We already found out. <laughs> Go listen to me and Bobby McGee. Yes. All right. Having said that, always remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. All right, here we go. We're going to do one for you now. We hope you enjoy this little ditty. Uh, this is one we had out a while back, done pretty good for us. Why don't you break down, honey, and give me just a little bit of that money?
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.